this is a, a really exciting moment to have our first official decentralized, which I guess makes it unofficial, uh, town square for loot. So if you're here, welcome. If you're just watching this later, listening to this later, welcome. We are all living in the future, that is for damn sure. I was actually just on a call with a, a reporter who's trying to make sense of this crazy world. <clears throat> and one of the things that uh, struck me through that is when he asked, you know, why are you so excited about this crazy loot world? I told him, I feel like I have found a time machine. And through that time machine, I'm experiencing what the future of human work will be. Like what? That's such a broad meta macro concept. But I feel like we're all doing that. We all found this time machine. Loot, to me, is just nerd-sniped me. I feel like I've stepped into a time machine and that we are learning about how the future of things will get done in the world. Just how work will happen, how permissionless, semi-pseudonymous, semi-decentralized, asynchronous, global, uh, thoughtful, trustless work will happen. Uh, we've taken this time machine, in some ways maybe mixing metaphors, we've taken it to the heart of a tornado, uh, and we're all here right now. You know, There's only whatever, a couple thousand of us in this Discord. There's only you know, a couple hundred of us who are diving in and building together, but the few hundred of us uh, are definitely living in the future. We're finding the, the rough edges of this future. We're finding the problems. We're finding the muscles that we need as a society to create globally. And so I just feel so lucky that we found each other and found this time machine. Dom, I don't know if you're on here yet, but thank you again. I say that every time. You've given us something pretty spectacular. Uh, today's conversation is going to be pretty specific, uh, but as always with me and with <laughs> this community, it's going to dip in and out of the micro, the macro, uh, and the meta. Micro, I think most of the discussion today is going to be what's happening in loot, in the weeds, across builders, uh, community roadmap, you know, interesting and exciting stuff that's happening right now from Realms, and I think that will be the focus of the conversation today, the Realms settling game. Uh, but to other highlights of community projects, other highlights of loot swag and the loot character, amazing game from yesterday, um, and more. I think it's going to dip up to the macro, or maybe level up to the macro a little bit, like how the loot versus expanding, how it's evolving, what that even means for Web3 at large. Uh, but I think it's also going to get to the meta, and this is the stuff that if you know me, you know that this is where I jam, that I believe the very act of us building this loot verse is itself a game, and it is, it is itself a collaborative media experiment in decentralized creation and decentralized media that, yes, the players in this loot verse will learn. They're going to have fun. They're going to build things like, you know, Roblox style on loot. They'll build later. They'll find joy. But I think we are also learning. I think we as builders are also having fun. I think we are building and we are also finding joy the same way that the players you know, are and will. And to me, that feels incredibly uh, beautiful and meta, and so I think today's call hopefully feels like that for you guys too. I know it does for me. Uh, to frame the agenda for today, we've got, well, I think, three, four things. One, uh, it's reviewing some of the foundational truths of the loot verse. Uh, I think we covered a lot of that last week or the week before, but just reviewing some of the other stuff that's popped up and translating some of it into uh, some visuals, which is exciting. Two, going into the Realms settling game and the alpha. Uh, three, discussing quickly the website. And then four, I think open community roadmap discussion. Um, I see the loot verse kind of evolving in three mega epochs that are all happening in parallel right now. There's the epoch of the primitives, like getting stuff. 
you know, getting the loot bags, getting the M loot bags, getting the mana, getting the realms, getting the ability scores, getting the rings to come in a few weeks, just getting stuff. There's the foundational lore epoch, which is finding the stories, finding and deriving the universal truths, creating our characters like uh, Hyper Loot and Loot Explorers and Loot Swag and Loot Character and others, um, and just, just discovering these like foundational truths from the contract is the second you know, mega epoch. But then the third is games and media and more, playing games, doing quests, doing riddles, uh, all this sort of interactive stuff. All of it is intertwined into this very infinitely expansive yet still cohesive loot verse. And at the center of gravity, that loot verse, to me, are two things. There's order and there's energy. The order and the structure for the center of gravity of this loot verse comes from the foundational lore and the universal constructs that we're all deriving right from this contract. Uh, And that we're all as a community writing back to the blockchain as, as a group, which I think is incredible. Uh, the energy comes from us. It comes from the builders, the players, the dreamers, all of us who are manifesting this universe into existence. Um, it started with Dom, and he's handed us the baton, and I think we're we're running with it uh, with rev- reverence and respect. Uh, and so I'll end on my, my comment I keep making here. I truly believe as a North Star, if we build together, and the, both the verb and the adverb, I guess, matter a ton there, if we build together... Loot can become the Star Wars for the next generation of builders and dreamers. Uh, I know I'm ready for that. I know I'm excited for that. And hopefully today's call is a kickoff for a sort of community-wide carrying of that torch uh, at the beginning of some new voices. Andrew, I'm going to hand you the mic in a second. Super excited to hear your thoughts, your voice. Uh, Lord of a few, super excited to, to hear about your stuff today. And if you are a builder and you you have kind of an upcoming community or upcoming project that you would consider part of the community roadmap, uh, stick with us here, and hopefully we have time at the end of this to do like an around the horn, stuff coming down the pike. You know, there's no team and there's no, quote, roadmap for loot because it's a decentralized experiment, but obviously there's a ton happening here. And so if we could use this moment to just go even around the horn, stuff that everyone's building, you know, community roadmap, that would be pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, thanks again for the, uh, the trust and excitement you guys are throwing at me, Andrew. Really uh, proud and excited of what you've been doing in terms of being the loot herald and the loot scribe. Talk to us. Where's your head at? I'll just br- briefly talk because I want to get into like the meat of this stuff. And I think Tim Shell, it's hard to follow you because you hit you hit everything. Um, but uh, I'm just I'm super excited to be here. I'm super excited that we've got I don't know 30 people on this call. Um, and I'm excited to get into a few of the, the other projects today and hopefully get some discussion and some, some question and answer going. Um, I think as a community, these sort of calls, um, will be super important going forward as a, uh, as the writer of the newsletter, you know, my goal these past couple months is just sort of to provide like a heartbeat for the loop community. Um, and, you know, keep a consistent sort of, um, yeah, heartbeat, drumbeat, you know, within the community and and out in the world, you know, via Twitter, um, of kind of what's going on with loot, what's going on, um, in the community. And I think, I think adding this, this call, um, to that cadence, uh, will be really important going forward and, and kind of, um, 
um, surfacing ideas, surfacing projects, and hopefully like bringing, you know, more people in and getting more people involved. I think that's kind of my end goal um, and should be the end goal with all of this. So uh, with that said, I think we're going to start with Realms. Yeah, I think let's do it. Let's dive right in, cool? right into the, the heart of it. Uh, I'm really here. excited about what Lord has been building. Hello, hello. Um, yeah, all right. Well, uh, I think I see a few few members here um, from the Realms Discord, but there's a lot of new faces. So maybe I'll just start from the top and explain what Realms are, and then I'll dive into a quick... Oh, can I do a screen share? Oh, I can do a screen share. Okay, great. Um, so... Those that aren't familiar with Realms, um, after the call, I definitely suggest you go and read our Medium articles because there's a lot to cover. And um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot to cover. But basically, what we're doing with Realms are 8,000 maps. There's 22 resources spread across all the realms. And the re resources are in varying rarity. Um, and these are they're currently being traded. Um, there was... You know that there's like two thousand holders right now. We got a thousand people in the Discord, um, and for the last two months, we've been designing a game that will allow you to take this, take your realm, and settle it on Arbitrum. So we're going to be doing everything on layer two. So you'll be able to settle your realm on Arbitrum, and the resources that are on your realm. So you might have one resource, you might have five resources. These will start getting generated as eleven fifty five tokens. And those who aren't familiar with 1155 tokens, uh, they are they're just a um, they're a, a, a cheaper gas way to cheaper cheaper gas variant of the uh, ERC twenty tokens. So um, so yeah, you'll be able to generate these resources, and then you'll be able to build up your realm uh, with buildings. You'll be able to build an army, and then you'll be able to uh, raid other realms and steal their resources, and then. With these resources, you can go to the marketplace and trade them for any other resource, or you have to trade them back for a Lord's token, which then you'll be able to trade on Uniswap back for ETH if you like. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll just uh, dive straight into the, the demo. Um, hang on, I'm, I need to take myself a push to talk because I have to hold down T. Can anyone give me his access to talk? I'm looking at some settings here to try to figure it out. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just, I if I have to hold down T the whole time, I'm not gonna have to do stuff. <laughs> or what? What I what I did was I went into my preferences and voice and video, and I just I just toggled back to voice activity. Okay, can you hear me now? Okay, cool. All right, done. Um, all right, I'm not gonna go into the absolute, you know, tiny details of this because you know we we, we want to hear what everybody else is doing. So, but um, hang on, let me share my screen. So, just a explanation. We're actually everything we're doing here is open source, and we've had a bunch of new community members pop up in the last couple of weeks that have started to do PRs to the project itself. So, if anyone's a builder, um, developer. Uh, drop into the Discord and, you know, if you want to see a feature, just do it. 
Okay. Are we live? Success. We can see you. Okay. So uh, just bear in mind, this is all alpha where, you know, the last two months we've really just been head down building the infrastructure, building the framework that will allow us to build this game all on chain. And so there's been some challenges and there's a lot of optimizations to do. And, you know, this is just alpha. And um, so, yeah, bear, bear that in mind. So basically, what we've done is we've, we've actually created an Arbitrum bridge. So, well, just first step. Yeah, so first step is to get your Realm onto Arbitrum. So we've created this ERC721 bridge where you can, um, you can bridge your Layer 1 Realms onto Layer 2. And I'm pretty sure this is actually the first ERC721 bridge, full bridge that we've seen exist. And also, any, anybody wants to play this, uh, if you're a Realm Lord, you can come and start joining the Alpha and start um, framing the game whatever way you like. So first step is bridging a realm. So you can bridge a realm. And it appears here. It takes about 10 minutes, so I'm not going to do one right now. That's just the limitations right now of L1 to L2s. But then once you've bridged your realm, you can go to your empire. I'll swap back to... This is the kind of the whole UX of um, uh, layer 1, L L layer 2. It's kind of a very... It's a very new thing. And so, you know, there's, I think every developer right now is exploring the best way to tackle it. So we've just tackled it this way and there's some little weird bugs, but it is what it is. So once you're on Arbitrum and you've got your realms, you can go here, see your bridge realms, which are, you know, this is what a realm looks like. Um, they got varying rarity. Uh, they got different resources on them. You can settle them, and once you've settled one, you come here, and this is what your settled realm looks like. Now, I think there's probably some Civ fans out here, and probably the closest analogy to the game that we're building is Civilization, because it's not, you know, a, um, it's not a mass click type game. It's more of an economic strategy um, game. So once you've staked your realm, you'll start generating resources according to you know what you have. And you can see here, I've got 14 days of full resources available. And so when I harvest this, it'll harvest 14 times this. And then it'll appear in my iron bank, which is this. And so I'm actually quite rich in resources because I'm the developer in, in Rink B resources. But anyway, and um, then with these resources, you can go to the marketplace. And so this is actually in um, AMM. So... It's actually designed by the OX um, sequence guys. It's called Nifty Swap. And so we're utilizing it for our backend. Um, and this allows you to trade your resources in an AMM style trade up to 22 resources at a time. See, I got no liquidity in this pool, but. So you can trade the resources. Uh, you can also provide liquidity uh, and start earning fees on the resources that you provide. And then with these resources, you can, you can build up your buildings. So you can see the cost here. You see it affects your statistics. And then once you've done that, you can, you can see how I've got my military. 
um, and my defense and offense. Well, I've been attacked 66 times. Or four, I mean, sorry, I've attacked 66 people with my, this realm. Then you go to Settled Realms. And you can see here, this is all the current Settled Realms. So this is all our alpha players that are currently um, giving feedback, giving, you know, uh, feature requests about what they want to see in the game. And so it's really been great to just build this in the open and have, you know, 20, 25 people all contribute and find bugs and uh, help really shape this game because what we're building is an open source game. Um, so yeah, maybe I'll go like, go try to raid some Dragonhide. Dragonhide's the rarest resource. Oh. All right, he's got a lot of stuff. I forget, Lord, is there a demon resource in there somewhere? There isn't a demon resource, but currently. Mm. Mm. Yeah, Dragonheart's the rarest. Mm. But, um, As the most powerful, powerful item in the loot burst, the demon stuff, I wonder if we're going to one day wake up and discover the demons have been hiding under the realm somewhere. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, okay. I'll explain what we're, what we're thinking and you know, what, what, what's, what's, what's shaping up um, just after I've done this. So you know, this is the, really the raid function, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's obviously still a lot of work to do and we're kind of pushing the boundaries of Web3 um, and kind of JS kind of here um, just because there's a lot of requests to the blockchain and not everything's on the graph right now, so it's just a little slower than I'd like. Um, so you see, he's, I've got an 8% chance of a success, so I'm probably going to fail this because he's really built up his um, defense. Oh. Ooh. All right, well, I won that. Um, I think that was a little bug. But anyway, this is what happens when you raid. And you can see I, this is what I pillaged from his vault, 25% of his entire vault. Um, so then with those resources, I can go and trade them on the market. And I can trade them back for ETH if I like. Um, but you know what, what, we're, what, what, what we're really doing here is we're creating... Just like what loot did with the primitives of the uh, loot bags, these resources are you know just another layer, another layer of primitives which will allow anybody to kind of consume them in other contracts to output something, you know that that that's relevant to the, the loot verse. So you know, for example, uh, you know Genesis has got a time, a times an ERC twenty. Uh, these are eleven fifty five tokens. Everything's on chain. Someone could write a contract that takes. And we don't even have to know who this person is. Um, someone could take A-Time. Someone could take, you know, Dragonhide, Alchemical Silver, Jurice. And it outputs some special NFT, which then can be used in another game. And so what we're really doing here is really just building the framework to allow the expansion of the Loopverse even further. And, you know, I'm like, you know, this is our 1155s, but I'm imagining there's going to be a bunch of other games that are going to bring out their own. 1155s as well, and everything because everything's interoperable with one another. Then it really allows this composability across contracts, across projects, um, and we can just keep building out this this universe bigger and bigger, and more and more more and more players. Um, yeah, so this is really you know this is where we are right now, and this is like six weeks of work, 
and we're in the alpha stage. And, you know, this is like, this is alpha, alpha software. You know, a lot of things are going to change. You know, we're experimenting with a lot of, you know, indexing um, and experimenting with UI and, you know, UX and whatnot. So if anyone's like, you know, a dev, you know, this, then this takes a fancy, come and drop in and, you know, you can just pull, pull the repo and start experimenting and start playing around. And if you uh, have a good feature, you can just, you can insert it and we'll merge it. So yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's really like where we're at right now. And uh, if, I just really suggest everybody just jump into the Realms Discord and, and to see what's going on there because there's, there's a really interesting narrative being formed around all the orders, um, around all the, the, the units to, to be used and just, just like the, the, just, just the stories being written right now. So it's an exciting time. Yeah, Lord, can you build on that? I was going to ask you that question. And I think in general, this is a question that I and Andrew will ask uh, all builders, including ourselves. Can you talk to us about the ties between this and the universal constructs and sort of foundational truths that are in the OG loot contract? Yeah, good question. Uh, so we've really tried to pull as much of the law um, from the original loot contract as possible into this game. And so you can see here the orders, these are all the same as what's in the original loot bag. Um, the, obviously the resources are kind of their new type of primitive because they weren't in the contract. Um, but what we're going to be doing with the, in the future, we're going to build some war type contracts where orders can fight one another. So the Order of Anger, for example, will be able to sign a transaction being, I want to attack the Order of, order of Detection. And so a 24-hour timer will begin, and the Order of Anger, other people in the Order of Anger can pile into the Order of Anger side, and other people Order of Detection can pile in. And this war can happen over a period of 24 hours. And, if that, and the, 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 the winning side according to some metric, will then be rewarded the resources that the other side has committed to the war. Um, and then there's the other layer on top of that, which is the light and the dark, which is something that is really just emerged in the last week, uh, which will also build into this, um, is into the gameplay. I haven't quite figured out the exact way to do it, but we will. Um, and then, you know, other, other, the other interesting things is what Tim was saying about the, 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 um, the demon hide. You know, there's, there's a future that exists where you know, someone could come along and write a contract that consumes the resources that outputs perhaps a dragon, um, a demon hide, you know, demon hide resource, for example. And that's the only way to get demon hide. And then that can be incorporated back into this game. And so, you know, we see a future where there's lots of builders and contract writers just, you know, building on top of this and building on top of, you know, other things in the loop verse and they're all composed together. Really cool. So uh, as a theme, I guess, that carries through in some ways, your answer to my question was like, we've got the beginnings and the seeds, mm. but if you believe it, go build it. <laughs> if you exactly. want to go exactly. build lore from the contract into this universe, do a PR, it, go build it. Yeah, exactly. Like lore, um, code is law. You know, whatever you can do. You know, you don't even ask. You don't have to ask anybody's permission these days. Well, you know, anymore. Just, just build it, you know. Amazing. I feel like that's a theme that's going to tie us through to the future. And in some ways, it's almost a theme that's 
uh, tickling my brain. Uh, I even just tweeted, like, I, I really believe in 10 years there'll be a generation of builders who say, I started with loot. I, mm-hmm. I'm working on anything. Now, art, uh, I'm working on stories, I'm working on a, a wallet app, I'm working on decentralized finance, I'm working on, you know, I don't know what, a direct-to-consumer something company. But I started with loot. And I feel like mm-hmm. people who are learning through loot today and seeing this future are jamming on the exact vibe you just said, that if you believe it, you can build it. Yeah, just just do it. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what we've all done. You know, we've just we've seen it, now we've built it. Code um, is lore. Uh, code I don't is know lore. if you have a Twitter, code but I think lore. you probably need to tweet that out there. I wonder if those ten characters have ever been put together on Google before. Mm, I, yeah, I I did tweet it the other day, so <laughs> <laughs> it's out there. Um, nice. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's 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 the same, right? It's you know what. And you can't change the contract, so that is what it is. It's set in, set in the block forever. That is the law. Amazing. Uh, does anyone have any questions, comments, thoughts? I think BK might have wanted to hop in. The actual game. Yeah. Um, first of all, yeah. Um, questions, comments, Lord. Yeah. Um, first of all, the, the resources that you uh, uh, extract from the uh, the realms. Uh, are you going to build bridges to allow them to be transferred to other chains, or do you think they should remain in the Arbitrum chain? Uh, yeah, I think that they'll definitely be in the future. And I, I don't. There's not. I mean, are there L2 to L2 bridges currently? I don't think they really exist. But I think the ecosystem is pure. Especially L2 the, L2. Yeah, yeah. Especially Arbitrum is, is like. Very strong in that regard. They they want a lot of people to come in with their assets, and so that there are yeah. different coming up. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely that's on the roadmap for sure. Uh, where, wherever you know wherever the game's happening, they'll be able to be used. Also, in terms of, of the actions that I can take as a, as a realm owner, I'm uh, in, oh, it's been like, um Suppose I, I raid someone. What would be the cost of raiding someone else? Sorry, I totally just cut out. Then what was the, There's a question. Uh, what, yeah. what would be the co- what would be the cost to raid someone? It? Yes, uh, it's it, not like it's it's hard to totally gauge that cost, but it's probably gonna it, it's gonna cost less than you know an ERC twenty transfer on Arbitrum. Currently, no. I'm, I think. Are you talking about in like terms of resource cost? Well, well yeah. Uh, assuming uh, yeah, I go yeah. to war against the realm, should cost yeah. something because you know if I lose, I lose nothing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Good idea. Good, good question. So you basically you have to build units. So you build military, and we started with just four as kind of a prototyping um, amount. But there's going to be more units, and so these units offer different um, offense and defense, and probably more statistics in in the short term. And these get um, when you attack someone, your offense and defense statistics get summed up, and it calculates an outcome. And if you win, you get their you get a percentage of their fault, and if you lose, you'll lose some of your units. And so your units are basically the proxy for the resources, right? So they, they cost you resources, and the resources cost you time because they take time to generate. Um, and so it, currently it's a, you know, it's a very simplistic 
um, uh, rating mechanism yeah, we have right now. But we're going to get this a lot more um, complex. And there'll probably be tiered structures of how successful your rate is. So if your rate is uh, like as successful as it can be, you'll probably you know raise destroy some of their buildings, um, and you'll pillage their resources. But if it's only just successful, you might lose one unit, but you might raid ten percent of the resources. So it's going to be like a band of chance um, when the game develops. Actually, reminds me more. This game reminds me more of uh, games like old game. And that's like uh, Civilization. I don't know if you're aware of that game, the O game. Uh, Which game? Outer game? O, o game. O game. O, o game. Oh, yeah. I haven't played it. Yeah, pop it into the general chat, Quill. That sounds cool. It's like a space game. It's pretty much the same uh, idea. But one father is if you defend uh, in a practical way, you get anything? Yeah, so uh, we've currently got it that you can you basically steal some of their um, some of their units that they've attacked you with. So the one thing actually I just forgot to um, <laughs> uh, mention was there's two types of like there's two vaults that generate when you staked. So there's the day vault, which you after one day you get you get one day of resources, so you get one times your resource amount. And then there's the vault, and so the vault. Uh, generates at the same speed, so you know it ticks over once a day, but you can't actually access it until 14 days, and so it's it's basically a target for raiders. And so if you get if it gets to 14 days, that's great, and you can then um, then you then you can claim it all. So you can claim all 14 days. But if it never gets to 14 days because you kept getting raided, then you'll never be able to claim it. And so the idea is that you have to spend your resources. In order to build up your military and build up your castles, uh, to build up your defense, which then you know stops the chance of you being raided. So obviously, if you got dragon hide, you're going to get raided a lot because there's not much dragon hide to go around. And so it kind of balances the game that way and kind of spreads out you know the rare rare resources and you know forces the people that have the good realms because they are more valuable that they have to you know spend their resources to build up their realms. So that's kind of the mechanic that you know encourages the game to you know gameplay and you know pushes people to raid. Is that there's this you know there's this golden golden bucket of resources that you can that you can get if you know someone has decided to um, you know um, if someone has decided not to build up their realm. Yeah. So, Super cool yeah. stuff. Uh, other questions, comments for Lord and the crew? Lord, thanks for putting yourself out here. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's good to be here. Look, I, look as, as I said a few times, you know, this game is in open development. Um, any game devs or just devs in general that you know, like Civ or like these type of games, just jump in and just get, a, get the chat going. Might be able to contribute something very valuable. Uh, I've got a question. Um, is it is this game just available to um, OG holders, or are there any derivatives that can be played? Uh, so you, you, you have to hold a realm. So realms are a derivative of loot. You don't have to hold loot. You just right. have to hold a realm. Yeah. Okay. Here, I'll, yeah. I'll actually share my screen here. I'll take over screen share and answer that question at the same time. Share. Uh, so here's realms on OpenSea. 
your floor is what about 0.1 ETH right now, and I think yeah. you're trading. And there's all sorts of ways to cross this with resources and wonders and cities and harbors. And I'm sure there's some rarity analysis and more that can be done here. Mm. But the short answer to that question a second ago from who is that Zero is that the way that you play the realms game is by owning a realm, and here they are right here. Yeah, so the 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 the, the cities, harbors, and rivers they all they do play a factor in your um, realm. They're actually the constraint of what buildings you can build up on them. And so, castles, for example, are constrained by how many um, regions you have. So, if you have seven regions, you can build seven castles, which means that your realm is very difficult to be attacked. So that's another rarity factor to take into account. But yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a, all the good ones are being snapped up. Um, all, all the all the rare ones and all the ones with cities and max regions are being snapped up. Hey, they're all good. Don't don't oh, undersell yeah. yourself. Oh, they are good, but you know. <laughs> and they're as good as you make them. I'm not sure you've talked about this that much, but somebody asked in the general chat, uh, "What have you staked loot and M loot and Genesis loot into your realm to make it more powerful, higher strength, higher offense, yeah. higher defense, or something?" I mean, talk about that. I could take, this is mine here, I could take this realm, and even though it may not be naturally that powerful, maybe there's ways I can stake things into it to increase its power, strength, abilities, defense, etc. Yeah, so that's that's the you know um, medium-term plan. We're just working on getting the base game um, functioning as you know as expected. And the goal is to be able to incorporate M-loot GAs and um, OG loot bags and you'll be able to stake them on a realm, and they become your protectors. They become the protector of the realm. And their statistics, which is really yet to be defined, will add to your offense and defense statistics. And so, you know, if you stake in a, like, you know, a max GA, it's going to be very difficult to, that, for that realm to be attacked. Or, a, you know, a very good OG loot bag, it's going to be very difficult. Um, but this, you know, the, the statistics of the items is really just being discovered. So that's still yet to be defined uh, and put on chain, like the, you know, offense, defense, magic stats of these items. What do we got? We got greatness and um, the, like one to five currently. But we need to translate that into, you know, maybe a bit more, I guess, Bit more high fidelity yeah. type statistics, if you know what I mean. Like more. I think like, you're. I think you're actually handing the baton to me for this next part of the chat too, because when you talk about greatness, <laughs> yeah. greatness and item rankings mm-hmm. of one to five, mm-hmm. and you know what the meaning of those are. Uh, that's exactly what I think the community wanted us to talk about next. So maybe that's a perfect transition point. Uh, uh, I also yeah. want to give a, a shout out to your idea, or maybe it's a group idea that's speaking through you, but an idea that says. Now that we have more universal truths discovered, now that we have more of these rankings, you know, one through five and the greatness scores and the rest, we should build some sort of ability score V2 that's more derived from the true contract and more universally accepted and more universally mm. u- usable and composable. And I know you put yourself out there to say, hey, let's work on that together. Um, I don't know if you want to make a couple of comments on that, and then I can dive into this. Yeah, this, this has been bouncing around in our heads for a while, and Red Redbeard has been um, Redbeard and I have been you know, jamming on it as well. It's you know now that we discovered the the greatness and the you know one to five. What are we calling that? The rankings, item rankings, rank, item, item rankings, powers. item powers. Now we can 
Now we can write a read-only contract that takes the looks at the main loop contract and defines a ranking, uh, like a you know maybe agility, um, off you know uh, attack, you know or any type of those type statistics, and base it out of the main loop contract. Um, and then we define this read-only contract. Uh, you know, we we can define those statistics in this, and then any game can then pull that contract and use it if they like. And if somebody doesn't agree with that, they could fork that contract and do their own iteration on it. So that's kind of in the works. I just haven't had time to tackle it. But if anyone wants to tackle that uh, or start building it, it's a it's going to be a very valuable kind of contract um, in 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 the expanded loot universe. Sweet. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Save that for the next discussion. I think there's plenty to discuss on the next call. Uh, we plan to do this weekly. Mm. We'll try to keep it to an hour, but now that he's handed me the microphone back, I don't know if I can do just 14 minutes, but I'll do my best. Uh, this is a perfect transition point. So if you're coming in fresh and you're like, but this sounds amazing, I love the energy, but what are you guys talking about? Item rankings, lore derived from the contract, foundational truths, universal constructs, like you guys are you know, too deep. Uh, let me get you deep with us here. Uh, so if, if you missed the last call, or if the last call like stuck but didn't 100% land, and actually there's been some discoveries since then, hopefully this next you know, little bit here is going to be pretty eye-opening. The next little bit is lore derived from, discovered from the contract, and sort of universally discovered, named, massaged, and accepted, for lack of a better word, by the community, with the community. Um, and so I'm really excited to share this. I, I put some more visuals behind it that I think makes it a lot clearer than it was last time. Uh, what you're looking at on the left is the loot contract. Mm -hmm. This is what we've been playing with and trading on, and there's been, what, 70,000 ETH of trading against this contract in the past two months here. This is the contract right here. And the coup de grace of this entire contract is this section from, from row... 1291 or 1293 through to the end of these words down to this section here that defines the exact sort of randomizer algorithm through line 1521 has the entirety of everything that has inspired us right here and I wanted to just give a little bit of structure to it that what we or at least I thought was random you know, Dom you were just uh, on it and you just wrote a bunch of words and you put them in and man these are all good words you look at them together divine robe Demon Husk, Plate Mail, Studded Armor, Great, Grave Wand, Katana, Club, Warhammer. I think we all thought, like, these are just a bunch of words, randomized. Uh, but the original seed crystal, for me at least, was where there is randomness, there was once order. And the 16 orders, which are these 16 orders, implied the existence of the original Genesis Adventures, which I'm not going to get into today, but it, it implied, mathematically, the existence of 2,540 Genesis beans in this universe. Um, maybe I'm crazy, but from these four lines, or whatever, 16 lines, 1419 to 1434, through a bunch of math and pivot tables and creative lightning that struck me, uh, 2000, the, the existence of 2,540 Genesis adventures uh, made themselves clear to me. And that then birthed the whole Genesis project and the Genesis adventure game that we're all been playing. And if that's all fresh to you, come join us in the Discord and come play along and you can learn. But that's not what I wanted to share today. What I wanted to share today is that that was the first discovery. We discovered so much more. And the thing we discovered is that from this contract, if you just overlay what I'm about to share here, 
you can never see it differently again. So once I share this, it's, uh, it's in your head and you can't unsee it. This exact section, so let's go to the chest part. Chest, divine robe, silk robe, linen robe, robe, shirt, demon, dragon, studded. When you break it out like I've done on the right here, maybe I'll make this a little bit bigger. When you break it out this way, it's clear that this is the structure. There's five light cloth items, and then five medium hide leather items, and then five heavy metal items. And clearly, just from the English language, they're ranked in the order of one to five every single time. A divine robe is better than a silk robe, is better than a linen robe, no offense to the lord of linen, uh, is better than a robe, is better than a shirt. A holy chest plate is better than an ornate chest plate, and plate is better than chain, is better than ring. You can even Google for it, and even Google will tell you, yep, plate is greater than chain, it's greater than ring. Same thing that applies to every category. So go down to uh, heads, even. Here's heads. Ancient helms, ornate helms, great helms, full helms, helms. It's not that a helm is better than a dragon crown. It's that a, dra or a demon crown, a demon crown is better than a dragon crown, is better than a war cap. A demon crown is equal to an ancient helm, but a demon hat crown is the best medium hide head item. An ancient helm is the best heavy metal warrior uh, head item. The crown, the divine hood, the silk hood, linen hood, hood, uh, all fit the same construct here, like the light items. Waist, same thing, ornate. You can see the pattern emerging. Clearly Dom had an order. Uh, and I guess I don't, think, I don't think Dom's on here again today, but clearly there was a purpose and an order and a structure here. And part of the game, I think, was just us discovering it and us deriving it. So from the left to the right, there's now a, a fundamental discovery in terms of the order and structure and meaning of this contract. There's warriors, there's hunters, there's mages. Warriors carry heavy metal items. Hunters carry medium hide items. Mages carry light and cloth items, plus the weapons. Uh, and everybody carries jewelry. Everybody can share in the necklaces. Everybody shares in the rings. Uh, and they're also in order. You know, one, two, three. You know, one, two, three, or five. The weapons are a little bit different. I think I had weapons in here. Or maybe they didn't make it into this one. The weapons break out in kind of a cool way. Uh, I think I had that here. Yeah, here's the weapons. Uh, weapons, same thing, though. Heavy bludgeons for the warriors in the right order. A warhammer is better than a quarterstaff, is better than a maul, is better than a mace, is better than a club. The medium blades are for hunters, and then the mages actually have two types of weapons. They've got wands and they have books, and the wands, as evidenced by the ghosts and the graves and the bones, are attuned to dark magic. The books, uh, as the inverse of the, the, the wands, are attuned to light magic. A grimoire is better than a chronicle, is better than a tome, is better than a book. No offense to books. I love books. I'm in a room full of books right now. Uh, but if you handed me a grimoire or a book, I think I'd take the grimoire. So this is where I want to start. That This is like extremely geeky, but it's right inside the contract. And you know, like I've said a number of times, lore that's derived from the contract as opposed to just you know, made up. Made up lore is really fun too. But lore derived from the contract... You know, like even Zoic said, it's constraint, it's art, it's story, it's instant canon. You know, it's the canonical lore that we as builders and 
writers and artists and others, I believe if we tie to the canonical lore, the three characters I just discussed, the order of the items, the concept of uh, hide versus metal versus cloth, the concept of a crown being the best uh, mage head, the concept of divine robes being the best you know, item for a mage, et cetera, et cetera, that if we can get those seeds and constraints collectively from the contract, not from our brains, but from the contract, uh, to, again, like hint at the stories, those constraints unlock creativity, and those constraints, uh, to me, set the stage for this infinitely expandable but still cohesive loot verse. Um, and to me, that's what's what's so exciting about this very geeky, very detailed, very micro discovery is that from the micro discovery, we can build a macro universe. Uh, there's a lot in here. I guess I can just reshare this to the chat here. This has been shared a couple times. But it's getting better and better with uh, edits and community involvement and the rest. Um, but this now has a, even a TLDR. Here is here's the TLDR of all the derived lore so far. I'm going to pop this into the chat, too. There are three character classes of adventurers, hunters, warriors, and mages. These adventurers have existed over four generations. The original 2540 Genesis loot bags carried by Genesis adventurers. The 8,000 OG loot bags, which came later. The 1.3 million more loot bags, which also came later. And then eventually the you know, 2 to the 256 power synthetic loot bags that are you know, strewn across the cosmos of Ethereum. Uh, but that, that also suggests a timeline, and that timeline is also linked in this document. These characters align with 16 orders. These are the 16 orders we discussed before. Uh, the items in the loot bags have a defined set of rankings, like from most powerful to least powerful. Some are about dexterity, some are about strength, some are about defense. I mean, there's plenty of different types of powers, but clearly you know, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 in the right order. Some of them are 1, 2, 3 or 1, 2, 3, 4. There's three types of armor, cloth, hide, metal, three weights, light, medium, heavy, four weapons that fit into these categories. There's some sort of attunement to magic. You know, light and dark magic starts with the wands and the books beyond mage weapons. Uh, I think we don't know what the attunements are, and we can figure them out or come up with them or invent them as a community. Um, and also, from the contract, there's a seed crystal that says, hey, this, this land was once ruled by dragons and demons. You know, in every category, these hunters have demon boots, dragons, dragon boots, you know, demon gloves, dragon gloves, demon belts, dragon belts. And given the order, demons are actually stronger than, than dragons. Demons attuned to dark magic, dragons attuned to light magic. What we do with that, I don't know. What stories that tells us, I don't know. Uh, but I know that that's right there in our face in the contract. And that the stories and the games and the derivatives and the projects that respect that canonical lore... Uh, I think we'll end up being uh, more fun to play, more integrated to the loot verse. But it doesn't have to be. And I wanted to make that call out too. Everyone's free to do anything you want. Like It doesn't have to be stuck here. I said this to somebody earlier, but if loot is the Star Wars for the next generation, and I said to somebody, hey, let's come up with a Star Wars sequel. Let's brainstorm it. Um, and in our brainstorm, we said, um, I think that Darth Vader should be a unicorn and instead of having dark versus light force, we should have chocolate and vanilla force. Like I could make that movie, and it might be funny, and it might be well well received, and you know, anybody can make that movie. But if you build a Star Wars movie that has 
the light and the dark, the Rebel Alliance and the Empire, the Darth Vader construct, the Jedi construct, even if it only nods back to that and it jumps 10,000 years into the future like Foundation, if it at least acknowledges a cohesive universe, in general, I think it will be more uh, accepted, more successful, uh, and easier to build a web and bridges between all of our projects. So again, everyone's free to do anything you want. I'm not here to tell anyone anything other than just my excitement and energy uh, around this community. Uh, but I, I, I do believe this, that the more, the more our projects weave together with each other, the more exciting this universe will become. And I don't think that's too, too uh, crazy of a notion. So I wanted to share this, and then I wanted to also apply this. So if there's any questions on that, also hop, pop it into chat. But I wanted to apply this real quick. So the couple things I did here. The first thing I did is it struck me. I said, okay, for some of the like really cool bags, like bag numero uno, bag one here, Dom's bag, how does it fit across this construct? Like how powerful is this bag? And is it a hunter, a mage, warrior? How does it fit across all of them? And so loot swag is my favorite way to look at this. You can type in bag number one. I want to look at loot bag number one, and here he or she is. You can see the power. The items actually aren't that powerful, and it's mostly hunter items with a mix of mage and warrior items, uh, but obviously really incredibly cool because it's bag number one. Uh, you can do the same thing with a GA. Like, let's look at GA number one. GA number one here. Uh, also, not a very powerful set of items. This one's more mage with some hunters and warrior items. It's a GA of brilliance. Uh, you can do this in a few ways. Uh, another good example, I want to pull up some iconic Genesis Adventure bags. Like uh, This is a good one. This is the Zoink bag that's got the... It's the giant of giants. It's the Genesis Adventure of giants. Uh, with the first, first time anyone did a plus eight uh, Genesis Adventure. So let's take number 74. Anyone could do this, lootswag.io. You can go look at your own bag. Same thing. Okay, this is a really powerful necklace and head less powerful other items it's mostly a mage so this was this is obviously really exciting to me the thing that uh as a data geek i wanted to figure out and this is the first time sharing this uh the thing i wanted to figure out is are there full bags of just hunter items essentially a full character like a full hunter a full warrior a full mage does that exist even Eight thousand bags a lot of randomness you're looking at like six items that all fit the same category. The chances, uh, you know, one in three times six different slots to get them all exactly the same, pretty low chances. So I wasn't really sure. Instead of deriving the math, I just looked at the data. Uh, and the data turned out that there are some. Where are they? They're here. They're actually exactly 27. So there's 27 OG bags that are full mage or full hunter or full warrior. And I don't know, I'm just geeky about this, so maybe these won't be perceived as that valuable or maybe you guys are like, dude, you're too deep. But to me, these are really exciting to see. Let's just take one. This is a random bag, 5241. Pop it into loot swag. Mm -hmm. Oh, there it goes. 5241, it's a full mage. It's a full mage with a variety of powers inside of it, but this is a full mage. Inside the OG bags, again, there are only, what did I just say, 27? 
Yeah, there were only 27 of them. As you can imagine, I did. I did go through all of these to see if any of them were for sale. There's actually one for sale for uh, less than 10 ETH right now. If anybody wants that, you can DM me on the side. It's not mine. I don't own it. I wasn't sure I could stomach buying yet another loot bag, but it's it's exciting to see this. The other thing I wanted to do is this question. So that was the, like, uh, are there any full character bags? I want to say across M-Loot, which I think people have kind of overlooked M-Loot. Across M-Loot, how many full mages, full hunters, full warriors exist? Uh, and the answer was actually really exciting to me. Let me pull up the character page here. So some facts, some stats. Um, across M-Loot, across the first 1.3 million bags, there are 5,400 full character bags. So I don't know if it's the mathematical derivation, but just the, the outcome here is that 0.4% of M-Loot bags end up being a, quote, full character bag, full of warrior items, full of hunter items, full of mage items. Uh, if you're on this call, I guess I will share it with you first. Um, I'll find that link and I'll pop it into chat. Most of these are unminted. I have gone in and I've minted a bunch of them because I got all excited about this and probably spent way too much money on gas fees on M-Loot. Uh, but there's a ton that are unminted. I mean, even of the mages, there's other cuts you can do of the data. Like, of the 2,400 full mage bags out of 1.3 million, 400 are divine robe mages. For example, that's uh, these ones. Divine robe mages. I mean, I can throw in, like, just a snap into the chat here. Like, Actually, I guess I won't do that. I'm going to share the whole document with you guys. Uh, but like these M loot bags are mostly unminted. They're divine robes, full mages. Um, you can cut even further. Like, how many of those divine robe mages had the crown, which would make them like the king and the queen mages? And there's 80. And actually, even of those 80, there's like 25 that are still unminted. So I just love this idea of like creating constraint, discovering constraint, uh, finding constraint in this contract, and having that constraint tell us, look, yeah, there's a a desolate realm scattered with 1.3 million M-Loot bags buried underneath generations of chaos and wars and civilizations that rose and fell. And most of these are unminted. I think that we've minted 130,000 of 1.3 million, but somewhere in that rubble are 5,400 full character bags. Uh, and to me, as a community, those seem pretty special, seem... Uh, seem like ones that it's almost our responsibility to go excavate from the earth for the, the games ahead. Herrera there, sorry. Somebody's got it. Uh, the last thing I was going to throw at you here is that the last question I wanted to ask was if we're talking about item rankings and we, knew, we know now that there are you know, clear item rankings, the bright silk sash is number one. The demon hide belt is number one. The ornate belt is number one. The pendant's number one. The, the gold ring is number one, et cetera, et cetera. I want to say how many bags exist with only number one items? And the answer in OG loot, as you can probably guess, was a big fat zero. There are, there are no OG bags that have one, 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 uh, all the way up to eight items. Uh, but inside of M loot, there actually were nine. Uh, these were the nine here. Nine M loot bags. I just want to show you one of them because it's really cool to see this. So M loot bag popped into loot swag, and here she is. She's not just hunter, mage, warrior. This one's a mix of multiple items, but the purple here tells you every item here is a number one item. 
The divine robe is the best. The demon hide boots are the best. The divine gloves are the best. The ancient helms are the best. Uh, just super cool to see that. Again, like I'm in mega geek mode here, but saw these and some were minted, some were unminted. I minted some. Uh, and just yeah. the fact there's nine out of 1.3 million is <laughs> really fun math to me. There will be more too. Uh, more loot expands and expands and expands over time. I don't know how many more years it's going to take to find some perfect bags. Uh, actually, somebody could probably derive that, like which, which Ethereum block ID it's going to take for the next perfect bag to show up. I don't think I have those math skills, but that would be a fun math experiment. Uh, but the other thing I'll gift everybody here is that if you look at, if you take away the jewelry, because I think the jewelry you know, cuts across all classes and it's almost it's less like utility, at least we don't know what the utility is yet. And if you only look at the chest, head, foot, hand, you know, head, core, six items, there are a good number of bags, not a ton, but 95 bags in Mloot that are perfect ones plus jewelry. And so I'll share this list as well. Uh, kind of cool to see this. Maybe I'll just even pop this one into here because these feel like pretty cool special bags. Tim, I think you... Is the one you shared, is that the uh, the Mloot? Yeah, I think that's the Heralds, right? Or mine? I don't know. I think it is. Sweet. Um, maybe I can just plug that. So I Yeah, go for it. Guys, uh, the other day when Tim Shaw was deep in this stuff, um, he, he sent me a DM that was just that bag number. And I didn't really know what I was getting into. Um, but I went to the Mloot page and I, and I minted that. And I used... Oh, there's the Herald right there. Um, so I used... The Herald has a very small treasury from a fundraiser we did last month. Uh, so I used the Herald to mint that bag for the newsletter. And so if you read last week's or the other day's newsletter, um, I kind of introduced kind of what happened and how I got this bag. And then I introduced this idea that it's like the newsletter owned or subscriber owned bag. And so the idea is to, um, you know, involve all the Loot Herald subscribers in ownership of this bag in telling stories about this bag or using this bag in games. So the first thing we did, um, or I did was go ahead. No, go ahead. You got it. Um, The first thing I did was uh, put a Google form out there asking um, people to submit names for the character. Um, And so far, I have four responses. So I'll just read those right now because it's fun. Um, Betty. Betty's the first one. Uh, Almighty Mage of Gas Warriors. Uh, Zopil. XOP. I L, I like that one, uh, and Maliki, M A L E, K I. Um, so I don't know. I didn't really put a end time on this. So if anyone on this call wants to throw a name mm, in the ring, plus one know. for Malachi. I like that. That throws back to some Kurt Vonnegut roots. Malachi yeah. constant. I'm kind of leaning towards that one. But if anyone on this call wants to submit, uh, I'll I'll post the newsletter or I'll post the uh, the link to the Google form. And uh, I would love, I would love to get some more responses in there. 
I love that this was your reflex, man. Uh, I told you this is one of the, the nine best M loot bags that I think exists. And without even missing a beat, boom, popped it right into the community um, wallet. Tim, for you. The, other re- the other reason I didn't share is I didn't have enough ETH in my main wallet. Uh, to cover the gas. Yeah, well, the gas, cover the gas, gas. is crazy. Um, but I guess I can just plug this here, too. You see, I got Loot, loot Gallery, and I minted the Meetup poster. Um, I've been, I have had this idea of, like, collecting some of this, um, um, I don't know, collecting some, like, milestone moments uh, loot-wide and sort of creating, like, a, um, a collection or a gallery of, of those kind of artifacts of loot. Um, and so that's, what, that's why you see some of that stuff in there and in that bat in that, um, wallet. Um, I don't know. I haven't thought too much about it, but that's, that's kind of the start of some sort of loot collection. Nice. Really fun. I love that you did this. Uh, okay. I, that was the main thing I wanted to share today. Hopefully that opened everybody's eyes to some of the craziness of like the contract data discussion we've had really translating that all the way back to like how to make sense of that back in the contract. If you look at the contract again, uh, plus how it's in my mind sort of un- unmissable once you see it, but then also how it translates over. So today it's translating to loot swag, but I cannot wait until it translates to hyper loot until it uh, translates to loot explorers. I don't know if that crew is on the call here. Uh, Loot Swag V2. These guys have some incredible work they're doing around uh, layers and community involvement. And maybe I can show mine and just show a little snapshot if you haven't seen this. This is a really cool user experience. So you, you can go through, you can find your bag. So here's like a, a perfect mage. You can start by just choosing your character. You can change your gender even. Uh, I'm sure this will get more diverse over time as well, Tony, if you're on. Uh, but then today, you know, you only have like the one view of your divine robe or the one view of your divine slippers. But eventually, this will be a community open project. You would have all sorts of different types of views of all your different items. You can't change the item, but you can change what it looks like. And to me, that is such a cool metaphor for just the entirety of uh, the loot vibe right now. Um, I know I got to run back to real life in a few minutes. Um, George or Andrew or. Conway, yeah, if you're on I'll here still, anybody around. else? Yeah. If anyone, yeah, yeah just want to chat and, and geek out a little um, bit. The, the last thing I was going to try to end with, though, actually, I want to do one quick plug. Uh, sorry, I, I actually do want to talk about this. So we launched V2 of the website, uh, what, three weeks ago or something, and did that as a community, as a group, uh, as this sort of unofficial loot alliance that you guys probably all hopefully read that post on. Um, but now that we're seeing, like, uh, requests for adding to the website and more PRs and ideas and community involvement. It's amazing. I threw out a guiding principles and North star document for the loot, the loot website into loot talk, uh, hoping for some feedback, hoping for some edits, some advice on this. It's got like the core guiding principles. What is the North star? What are the guiding principles? What are our goals? And what are some of the design principles? Uh, Hey guys. (laughs) Yeah, change out of your school clothes. Give me like two minutes and I'll change with you. Real life comes back. Uh, <laughs> not only are we geeks, we're also parents and we are we have our own real lives and our own real jobs. Uh, but I want to share this and just get some feedback. So pop into Loot Talk. Uh, respond here if you'd like to. 
um, or respond in uh, in the general channel or elsewhere. What I want to do with this is once we get a bunch of feedback, turn this into a snapshot vote and have everybody essentially bless it to say, yep, this is our website as a community. We agree with these guiding principles. Uh, we agree with these goals. This is where the Loot Project website should go and how we should think about it. Um, and so this is ours to bless and ours to design um, in the Loot Project website. Well, it's only one site. It is kind of the front-end intro to Loot and the unifying concept behind Loot today. And so let's build this together. Um, I'm going to pop off. I'm going to pop off. You guys run with it. And that was pretty fun. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Thanks, Tim Shaw. So my suggestion is to do an around the horn of stuff people are working on, just to do two-minute quick fires of cool updates and previews and things. But yeah, take yep. care, guys. Yeah, good call. What's, what's uh, anybody want to go first? Did anyone play the character game? Uh, what was that, two nights ago? No, I haven't played it yet, but I was going to do it today. It was pretty fun. If you if 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 you don't know um, uh, what it was, Luke character did a did their second riddle game on Monday night, um, and it was like a dungeon crawler like Discord bot that they created. And so, in the general chat of Luke character, um, you typed like exclamation point join and then you got a message from a bot a dm from a bot uh called the eight i think the eight um and it turned into like kind of a text-based um choose your own adventure like dungeon crawler um with with there's sort of three different routes you could take in the dungeon once you get into the dungeon and the three different routes take you down uh, you know, one is focused, one is like the Hobbit. So it's like Hobbit based um, riddles. And then another one was based on the road, Cormac McCarthy. And then the third one was um, Bradbury, Ray Bradbury, something we could, something we could this way comes. Um, so it was, it was, it was a lot of fun on Monday. You know, I was in the, I'm in the unknowable guild and in the guild chat, we were, I don't know, there were maybe like eight or 10 of us in there, like work, like playing this and chatting in real time and like giving each other clues and helping each other out. Um, it was, it was a lot of fun. So the game is over there. The, I think there were six winners who won NFTs and I think like seven at the time, like $17,000 worth of a gold. I can't remember the exact amount. Yeah. Wow. Um, but you can still play it in there in the in the Discord. It's still, it's still open. So I would encourage you guys to go um, check that out for sure. Anyone else? Anyone have any gnomes questions? Laura's still here. Newsletter uh, questions. I've got a quick question. Um, this is going back to realms. Um, so I love I love doing these town halls. It's great to get keep everybody kind of excited about it. So this is, this is great. And uh, the idea with the ability scores sounds awesome too. Um, but my question is on, is on the orders 
and alliances. And if you hit this, I apologize. I can take it, you know, offline. I don't want to double up on it. But <clears throat> like, the, you know, if you've got realms, I know that if there's um, a one order can't um, a, like siege or go to war against the same order. Is there anything else that's that's kind of tied into that? Um, and that the, the reason is, is there any real value? Say somebody wants to be giants, right? That's the order that they like the best. Of like swapping with other people to swap out your orders and then you swap and get um, the giant. Like, so you can have all giants. Are you somehow like benefited by that? Or does it really not matter that much what the order is? Um, look, it's... I, <laughs> Just going for what I was saying before, you know, it's being written now, you know, what, you know, what we come up with in this alpha, um, if someone comes up with a, you know, gameplay feature where we can incorporate the orders even more, then, you know, we'll, we'll build it in. Uh, I think from the, uh, how it currently stands, I mean, I guess you won't, you, if you have all the same order, you'll be able to join a war down the line with all your orders. So you'll be able to contribute more to an order uh, a war. Um, yeah, look, it's 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 still you know yet to be discovered exactly what other role it will play. But I mean, if you have any other ideas, you know, it really is. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. I've been I actually been thinking about that. Um, oh I great. Didn't, I didn't <laughs> but I was thinking like, uh, so um, if we you know looking at the, the contract like we did, and we've got if you know, community thinks it's a good idea if they actually are um, segmented into those four different, um, you know, good, evil, strength, cunning, like those four that it looks like the contract divides it and those can be renamed or whatever. But if that's the case, I was thinking it could be cool if, you know, an alliance, if you're within, if it's all like enlightenment and brilliance and perfection that are all in the good category, you can have an alliance that goes so big but you can only go so big if you're like combining with, you know, strength or something. It's like, yeah, you can have kind of an alliance, but it can only go so far. So you, it, it would be, it would behoove one if you wanted to, to collect a whole bunch of stuff that was kind of on the same, similar. So if, hey, I really like giants, then I'm going to grab a bunch of titans. I'm going to grab a bunch of skill and power because it's all the same category. And then we can grow like this really big army that can go and like, do stuff. <laughs> so just a thought. Yeah, that's. I, I I really do want to incorporate the you know the, those four um, uh, traits you know into the into the contracts somehow. So that, that's yeah, that sounds an interesting idea. I think we just need to expand on it, and we'll see what we can build. But yeah, I mean, look, this. <laughs> uh, just just keep keep thinking. Let's let's take this um you know take this chat into the you know alpha chat. Um, and well, just get, keep keep expanding it. Cool. Anyway, Alec, what are you guys working on? Putting you on the spot. I did have What's one question. On I had one question about realms. Um, if you're thinking about doing kind of some staking for Genesis Adventures and kind of other attributes to get kind of have your different characters, is that stick you think going to be on layer one, uh, or does, no. it have to, does it have to be on Arbitrum? Is, it kind of is difficult, right? Because you gotta either either way, you gotta have a transaction to bridge your NFT over uh, or stake it. 
So it's kind of the same amount or even maybe even more, more gas if you're bringing stuff on Arbitrum and how does that work across? Um, I'm thinking selfishly if, you know, Divine City itself is holding, you know, Mana and Genesis Ventures and, and Genesis Loot and Divine Items and uh, perhaps even Realms, um, how does it kind of, you know, create its, its, its own, like, you know, uh, Realm Empire outside of the Divine City, um, which I think would be really fucking cool. Um, but yeah, super interested in what you're doing. Yeah, cool. Thanks. Um, I think uh, what what we're planning on doing is I don't think it's anybody here. Uh, Georgie, I think Georgie. Uh, he's he's been pretty active in the community. He's built a um, he's built this like mirror contract, which you can it, it basically mirrors your loot bag onto any L two. And then you can lose use that loot bag on a realm or any any other game. So you do, it's not a full bridge. It's kind of like a hybrid. Well, it just creates like a non-transferable ERC seven twenty one on layer yep. two. Have you have you familiar with that? Yeah, got it. Yeah, it makes sense. That's cool. Yeah, so that's the plan for you know um, GAs and loot bags and whatnot, uh, and you know whatever else comes about. And that, that means you know then you still get your layer one asset, you know, on layer one. Uh, but you can use its attributes on layer two and play part of the game. So that's the uh, that's the goal. And we're, I've, I've scoped it out, but I'm my core, fo- I guess, hyper focus right now on just you know building out the, the 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 like the framework right now and the contracts and you know there's there's a lot of moving parts and all these <laughs> all these contracts we're utilizing you know eleven fifty fives, seven twenty ones, you twenties. Know, there's there's a lot of different tokens being used and, and being minted and burnt. So we're just trying to get that solid and then we'll build the, uh, you know, incorporate the GAs and the loot bags on top. Yeah. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, I, I think, you know, in, in Divine DAO for the Divine City, we have um, kind of a generalized governance mechanism through seasons in which we, you know, through divine token holders can actually put up a Snapchat pr- proposal and put an on-chain payload that can do any on-chain action. So, like, you know, mint, approve, claim, uh, whatever it is, and kind of uh, uh, even kind of stack those together. And if a vote kind of goes through and it has quorum and it hits threshold, it will just autonomously be able to actually execute that transaction without uh, someone on the multi-sig. But... Um, we're also, you know, working towards kind of getting a, a multi-sig of guardians that will be able to make kind of quicker, quicker moves and be able to do, do a lot more um, without having to go through, you know, a seven-day vote and possibly another seven-day arbitration period to do everything completely on-chain and, and, and trustless. Um, and, uh, you know, just kind of to go into some of the things we're doing in, in the Divine City and Divine DAO is, you know, a lot of it has been kind of working with, you know, Tim Shell and Genesis Adventures and, a lot of a lot of the folks here to really, you know, help help build out kind of this foundational lore and meta timeline, and we have a really great writers room that's kind of being put together, and you know, Andrew's a very large part of that here. And uh, right now, we're kind of you know setting up some of the infrastructure for tributing. So have this functionality where you contribute uh, an NFT, and right now it's going to start with divine robes, and and by tributing NFT, you get an exalted role, which will translate to your access in the city. And you also, you know, get the, the, the DAO can mint divine tokens. And the combination of being exalted um, through a divine robe and, and having tokens will give you a patron role, which will give you 
you know, access front row seat to a lot of the stuff happening in the writer's room, which is truly, truly magical. You know, you know, Tim Michelle talks about, you know, this new way of working and people coming together and feeling joy of kind of, you know, really kind of figuring, discovering this stuff together. It's been really fun. And so a lot of that kind of lore that we're discovering in the writing's room will come together with the divine city and, and tributing in that kind of process. Um, and, uh, we're also kind of like figuring out how we can have autonomy with other groups that are building in the city. And I think the historians guild and writer's room is one example of that. Um, so probably we'll have a proposal fairly soon that will, you know, seed a, a multi-sig with, with divine and possibly ETH from the, from the DAO and then give them some autonomy to kind of go run and figure out how to really incentivize kind of writers to come in the room. Um, and then planning to do that as well with, you know, some more content and uh, um, based off kind of what's coming out in that writer's room. And then on the other side, kind of getting the tributing process, tri- tributing process up and running. Um, so yeah, it's kind of the, some of the, some of the really fun stuff that we're doing in Divine Dow. And, you know, I think when I think about realms, like how does, how does this work together? I think that, you know, there certainly is, you know, we have a, a treasury and we have ETH and I, I think that like we're fairly aligned on what we're doing. And so we'd really cool to jam on how can we have kind of a realms station or a portion of the divine city that also kind of is like, you know, I don't want to say sub DAO, but a sub DAO where it has some divine tokens and maybe some ETH and kind of helps build the game over there and kind of ties things together. But, you know, would love to kind of talk more about that. Uh, but that's kind of a Conway, if you want to add kind of some of the other stuff that we're, we're kind of doing. Um, but it's kind of some of the stuff we're doing on divine DAO right now. Yeah. I love that. That's uh, it's, that's definitely jam um, later at some point and uh, work on that. It sounds great. Yeah. Conway is Conway's in the general chat drawing pixel art. So, and he says, he says he can't chat. He's deep in that. So no, I'm, I'm back. What's up, Kyle? Yeah. Um, I think uh, Taga covered things pretty well. Yeah. Uh, Did, uh, yeah. I saw your question. Do, have you have you used a sprite before? I have That's not. What I use. Oh, um, it's like a it's like a uh, I don't know. It's just an application for um, pixel art. Just pick up. Oh, are, are, you, are you, you formatting Excel Excel cells or something over there? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite that bad. Um, no, it's it's Figma with just like individual rectangles. Um, I want to go as fully on chain as possible. So I mean, basically, just actually one hundred percent on chain. So does that? tool um allow you to do that like is it svg based oh no probably probably not i don't know i just i just started playing around with it for fun it's just um what is it a s e p r i t e um cool real quick but it's like it's it's only i mean it's only for pixel art basically and you can do animations and and maybe it's not svg though right uh let's see yeah, this ha- this has to be SVG, and then ideally, I mean, I don't oh, know. How you can export is. SVG. You can es- export SVG. Sweet, because what I what I really want is like, and I can talk to Sharuz about this, um, but a rectangle, square by square, um, in the contract, you know, flipping the color. That'd be pretty oh. cool. Anyways, I will stop boring people with this. A uh, very Oh, this is nitty gritty. 
uh, thing. <laughs> no, check out, yeah, check out Ace Bryant. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Conway's already got a bunch of art together for a PFP project around Divine. Um, yeah. But we're kind of waiting for the perfect moment and, and, and who kind of gets those and probably will we'll be tied to, you know, pet patronage and, and exalters that are kind of doing this core core thing that will really power the Divine City itself. Um, but you know, definitely would be cool if it's completely on chain at some point. You know, it's uh, it's kind of like time and place. Yeah, the one in my uh, profile picture now, there's art that's already been segmented out into traits. Um, not a not a huge um, quantity, just like a really small exclusive quantity. But um, yeah, next step would be doing something fully on chain, which would be cool. Um, yeah. Also, there's the divine altar stuff. Um, making some like talk to Shrews about doing something that would have like an on-chain interaction. He's worked on something similar with uh, gods, which is, I think, a uh, a fork of the Tama Waga Wagmagachi. How do you? I don't know the Tamagachi thing. Wagmagachi. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> It's a oh, fork God, I didn't know Gods was a fork of that. No, Gods isn't a fork, but Gods has a fork oh. of that where you can like interact with your God. And oh, right. so people like, see like some variations uh, of that, you know. Like, Pay respect the, to the divine altar. Right. Some, some the divine fire burning. <laughs> yeah, tribute <laughs> into the divine fire. Or sacrifice. Well, it's yeah. not necessarily a sacrifice or a fire because you then have collective ownership of that and everything else and the actions of the the NFTs. We got really nerdy on that one. It's like, well, you're not burning the NFT, so, um, so yeah, we felt like it's like maybe a tribute or you're becoming exalted or. Along those lines, yeah, because you're like retaining right. fractional ownership and getting on top of that governance power and like immersion into this community. Yeah, my body is ready, my robe is ready. Yeah, and I think too, like the other stuff is like the the connection between what we found in the contract around mages and divine robes and and you know crowns and demons and dragons is really like. It's really fucking awesome how like it's starting to happen with you know mages that have created this floating city with a divine tower that tributes powers it and you know this how does how do dragons overpower demons and what what kind of what, what kind of does it take and what's what's happened during this meta timeline it's really starting to come together in this really fantastic way and um you know, the goal is that it culminates in a, in a trailer and this very foundational kind of uh um, meta timeline and physics it really is kind of both discovered together and you know accepted and given to kind of dilute where we can really then just go and build content in games and um, physical physical and digital experiences and continue to, to work together on it so really you know really excited to, to kind of slowly share that and hopefully some folks in the room have robes and um, will we'll kind of join us in the journey on tribute and be able to kind of get a front row front row seat to that yeah, we've been working with um, Tim Shell and the writers and myself um, t- 
to stat, like connect the Divine City lore to the loot contract. So, you know, like it's been mentioned that like um, demons are more powerful than dragons. So what if the Divine City like teamed up with the dragons to go up against the demons in the past? Anyways, I don't want to share too much stuff just yet, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, Andrew knows. I know. <laughs> you've, I know. You've yeah. Been on, I think this all is, uh, of that stuff is pretty settled, right? So we probably could talk about it, but just in case, we yeah, let wait for it to be one hundred percent. Yeah, this is all for those who who aren't aware who are just coming in. This is all like conversations we're having in this this Divine City writers' room, um, and and really the goal, yeah, as as Alex said, the goal is to just create a very like foundational like structure for lore um both in both divine city lore and like meta timeline um like history of loot history of loot verse lore um the idea is to just make a simple framework um to sort of inspire um storytelling and art and um just give a little structure and set the stage a little bit um for, for, and give some constraints for people to um, start telling more stories. Um, for sure. About loot. Um, so, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And then, like, having the right, you know, spaces and places for people to kind of join that and view it as it's being discovered and happening, and having that set to where we can start to bring in a lot of other, you know, artisans, whether they're writers or famous fantasy or sci-fi writers that can they can build alongside some of the people in the writer's room, conceptual artists, game developers, folks like folks like the Realms team, um, kind of whoever it is. And um really, really excited for that. And it's, you know, happening very quickly, as Tim Shell says, at loot speed. And um so yeah, if you know any of you are concept artists or know people that are interested in kind of content and and or you know gaming or your game design animation. or development or animation like you know we'd be happy to chat yeah i don't know if we've um doubled down on that on saying this publicly enough but part of it will be getting actual grants you know so like divine we've been doing it manually but there will be a proposal process for giving grants to writers, artists, um, engineers, etc., that are building projects and getting them divine. So that's, I mean, a big part of like the reason to tribute or to otherwise like buy divine. You're supporting this like treasury that's then going back into the loot ecosystem. So it's been pretty cool. All right. I'm probably going to jump jump off pretty soon. Does anyone else have any concerns or want to talk about anything? Um, last call. Newsletter. I think I might go back to once a week on the newsletter. I'm not sure. I don't know if anyone has any thoughts on that. Maybe I'll try the experiment for like one more week, two more weeks, but the readership's the same. And actually I'm thinking about what I'm going to write about tomorrow. 
and I think I just have realms and uh, realms in there and loot swag again. So I don't know. Feels light. I have nothing, but uh, very quickly I wanted to say, Lord of a few, thank you for showing what you're working on with the realms game. Really inspiring, man. Yeah, super cool. It's the only time I've been excited about Arbitrum. <laughs> I will bridge for it or re bridge more for it. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll learn. I'll learn for it. Sorry, guys. I was just, um, I was just out. <laughs> no worries. Uh, you just, yeah. You're just getting compliments, Lord. Yeah, oh, thanks, thanks. Bridged guys. for Arb early, but got rugged immediately five times. So I'm, I'm happy to come back to it for a real project. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think we're just the, we're at the precipice of like this big L2 migration. I mean, the gas on L1 right now is just bonk, bonkers. And um, I mean, I, I want to see. I was actually thinking about this morning. Yeah, I don't know who's going to do it, but like, we should do like a just like a totally. Total L2 mint on, like, free mint on ARB just for, you know, just like anybody can do it. But it's just, you know, just just totally new um, NFT, just only on ARB. Because it'll be super cheap to mint. And, like, I don't know what we do it off, but, like, it'll be an interesting thing we could just do. Is, is there a way to do it? So this actually connects to some thoughts I've been, not just me, but I think a lot of people have been having, um, which is... I think we're going to have to figure out how to do like associative NFTs as it relates to cross-chain mints. Like it feels like the fair thing is like you have a, you know, you have a whatever mint, you know, it's ARB, it's Solana, what have you. And it's just gated though to like, if you own, like in the case of like realms, right? Like if I own an L1 realm, then I can mint like the same realm on ARB. Like, does something like that work? I actually don't even know how like that association works cross chain, but uh, yeah, I'm not like. I mean, I mean, it's just all EVM compatible, so like you can just mint, you know, on on it's L two to L two is kind of a bit weird right now, but like, you know, I don't, I don't think that's something we need to really you know like it's we can just do everything on on arbitrum for now and i think the l2 to l2 bridges will work you know at some point yeah i'm just thinking about it from the perspective of like i know not me but some people dropped like 10 eth like on their realm so like it, making sure that there's some type of value protection i guess for whatever like the l2 version of it is yeah i mean it's it's all going to be locked in a, you know, contract, you know, uh, that that can't be accessed unless you have your, you know, you own your realm. Got it. That's um, it. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, it, you know, everything. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with um, the diamond structure, but what we've done with these contracts is we've built this crazy diamond contract structure that really lends itself to some interesting gaming. Potential, but a diamond basically is a um, it's a, it's like a proxy contract on steroids almost, and you can keep adding um, functionality, but it all shares the same contract state, and so that's where all the data is stored on chain, uh, and like the I think 
799 was saying um, about how your guys DAO works by you know uh, quorum after something passes and then it just then it just happens on chain, right? Like once something gets voted, it just gets executed. Um, that's kind of the way that I want to see you know this you know gaming protocol which we're designing uh, will will go to like we'll deploy this game contract um, and everyone can play it whatever and then you know if it gets and if it needs to be updated it has to go through you know the DAO structure and you know say we want to add a feature to it gets voted on and then it gets executed but like no single person has the key to it obviously like it's just there's like it, the, the DAO will hold the um, contract keys um I have a question about how how the arbitrage. I've never deployed a contract to an L two. Um, does Arbitrum like have constant access to the current state of L one, or how do you communicate the information between L one and L two? Uh, so all the states on L two, but it bundles up all the transactions into one kind of transaction onto L one in a nutshell. So like you don't like you can communicate with L one, and that there's a fee involved in doing that. But like you say. You know, say you wanted to do a mint purely on L2, the L1 doesn't need to like know that state. It just needs to be confirmed in the transaction. I was just thinking about the mirror uh, contract you were describing, where L1 assets are this state of L1 assets is available to L2. But per, I just assumed that that would require oh, like, a okay. gas transaction to update L2. Yeah, so there will be. Yeah, yeah. So there'll be like a there will be a gas transaction to do that. Um, you know, the initial like it, it's it's kind of like a it's the it is a bridge because you're minting on L2, but and then I think uh, I uh, Georgie did did the contract. I haven't I didn't, I've looked over it, but it, it he it's like an indexer that can run that basically then tracks the um, state of the L1 asset of who's holding it and re- relates it to L2. But like you know if you if you do initiate the mirror, then you have access to the L2 asset. You know whoever owns the L1 asset has access to the L2 asset. Right, right, right. What would be really cool, I haven't seen anybody do, because I'm really excited about what you're doing with Realms, uh, just even just at a technical level, uh, because I don't think we've seen that much fun NFT stuff on Arbitrum, at least I haven't. Maybe maybe you're aware of things and I'm not. Um, But it would be very cool, you're talking about minting on L2. It would be very cool to have it so that you could mint on L2 and then bring it back to L1, but then the contract on L1 is sort of anticipating um, maybe these like provably unique mints on l2 and so they are only instantiated for the first time on l1 later but you can you, in such a way that there's no possibility of duplication um so that it would be like a low gas cost mint uh, initially and then when gas uh, abates you could bring it back to l1 but the like the, the canonical asset could still live on l1 just like a, almost like a lazy mint style yeah i mean that's definitely doable i haven't thought about that specifically uh that that that, that exact mechanism, but I mean that that's, that's definitely possible. Uh, you could do that. Yeah, you could run the whole mint on layer two, and then you hit a bridge. Well, the, the, you'd have to build some kind of custom bridge for that, and then you'd obviously have to deploy the contract on L one too. Yeah, uh, but obviously that's the deploy cost. You can't get around that. But then the L two, when you hit, initialize the bridge, um, Redbit actually did a bunch of work on the Arbitrum stuff. He's probably more knowledgeable specifically on that. But uh, you. You could, uh, yeah, it would make a basically a replicate of 
on That's on it. L1 and maybe 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 even burn the L2 one or something. Yeah, it, um, it would be cool if um, like I know Zora minting has something where like you can only mint the same metadata once on Zora, so they're sort of even though it doesn't know what to anticipate the mints will be, uh, you will only have ever one uh, of every possible metadata hash on uh, a given chain's in, 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 sort of instantiation of the Zora contract. So I wonder if you could do something similar where like even if you don't necessarily know what to anticipate, if it has the correct domain, like uh, if it shares a domain, like it was minted also on Arbitrum, then you'll only ever be able to like bridge one of the same NFT over from Arbitrum to, to L1. Yeah, well, that'll just be defined in the L1 contract, you know, uh, that that's, that yeah, that's just all contract-based. That'd be easy to do. And then, you know, that, that L1 contract is the, um, well, that's the main L1 yeah. NFT contract. Source of truth. And, yeah, it's a source of truth. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting how all this develops because obviously L1 is just going to be used as like you know a base data storage layer, but you know all the computation, all the mass mints, you know it's all going to happen on ZKs or Optimistics. Yeah, I really like what, what um, Dom was saying about um, like you have your yeah, ZKs are on the, L1 and on L2 you have the. Uh, like you could be playing the sub drive on multiple L2s and just saving down to L1 whenever you want. Yeah, something like that. That's definitely going to happen because it's just non-feasible for you know the. I just like I don't see gas getting, you know. <laughs> nothing's going to fix it, but you know, L2s. Nothing's going to fix it, but L2s. Uh, but you know the cool thing about L2s and ZKs is you know you got your base ETH throughput, then you multiply that by the throughput of every possible L2 considering if it's one transaction and then you've got like ultimate massive scalability you've got 10,000 times what 100,000 it is true it I, just, is. I just do worry about the sort of UX overhead and how much that can be abstracted away especially if each of the L2 instances of a game are like islands I think the like NFTs have kind of shown that the market is not rational it's like just look at the number of people swapping through MetaMask and paying 0.0875% fees for no particular reason. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the market isn't rational, but... It likes yeah, easy like I, the whole, yeah, I think the UX will come just like any new technology. You know, you know, internet in the 1995 was super shonky. You know, uh, <laughs> I mean, even the internet 15 years ago was pretty shonky. I'm not sure that's that good yeah. right now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's still shonky, uh, but you know where there's where there's incentive, the developers will go. And you know, currently there's a lot of incentive to build on these L2s and build the bridges and do all these things. And anybody in the world can participate in it. So it's going to happen. It's just you know, it's not a matter of if; it's just a matter of when. Really, um, someone's going to make a much better MetaMask. I'm surprised no one has already. It's really brutal. <laughs> and things like Rainbow, unfortunately, don't really cut it if you're uh, an advanced user yeah i don't know it's, i don't know <laughs> i don't know i've never looked into how specifically metamask like backend i mean is it just a there is an eip that it's, it's essentially an eip that, um, that was passed uh, a long time ago so i i'm surprised there's no alternatives that implement the same eip but better yeah i think it's just like uh, also i think browser tech is evolving fast like the plugins and those like it's all just molding oh my god the hardware wallet problems for the past six months have been brutal mm. yeah but it'll, it'll come you know it's just mm. <laughs> it's 
Shonky right now, but you know, still still early in this whole game. I think this next decade's really going to define be, be defining moment. You know, last decade was just like, oh, blockchains are cool, but what the hell do you do with it? Now it's like this decade's like, well, okay, this is what we do with it. Totally. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm super. If anyone's interested in like you know clubbing on some kind of like pure just arm mint or something, um, hit me up. I, I just had the idea this morning. Like, doesn't even have to be super complicated. It might just be a good way to get people into arm. Um, I don't have much time, but <laughs> yeah, same, same. Uh, I feel like it could be. A good thing to do. I totally agree. I think I think that thing that I was describing earlier, I've been thinking about for a while. I don't really know how to do it exactly, but it would be awesome to be able to just be doing things uh, initially on L two, but then ultimately the the state resolves to L one. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, let's let's have a side chat about yeah, it. Let's talk about it. See what happens, you know. Uh, but yeah, I, mean, I think I think uh, Arbitrums has got a lead, and I think it's it's going to keep compounding its lead on the optimism layer. Um, and I think a lot of NFTs is going to start popping up there, and a lot of things going to start happening there. It's super early. I mean, it's only going to be around for like two months, so. I mean, may not. Yeah, I look forward to seeing because Polygon, uh, obviously not a legit L2, but um, has just be, because of the low gas, has just become a bit of a spam dump. Uh, so yeah, that's the um, that's the catch twenty two, right? It's like you know, yeah. Web three is ownership, and you know, it's read write, and like if write is free, then well, is there much point in it? If you know what I mean, yeah. which is basically what Polygon is. Like, there there should carry a cost to you know owning your data and owning your assets like it doesn't have to be much but it needs to be a little bit um, although and it, and it changed the whole incentive model and the way the mechanics work but yeah polygon is just <laughs> it's just spamville yeah yeah so um, the immutable X guys are doing some interesting things I heard some some think- fud about uh, their TikTok nfts actually that you have to KYC in order to transfer immutable NFTs. Uh, it might have been TikTok doing that though. It might not maybe, have been maybe. But the problem that I, I heard anyway, their contract is uh, trouble if you're building on top of it. Ah, well, they're using Cairo and Starknet as their backend, I believe. Oh, you mean TikToks or? Uh, I'm not sure if it's specific to the TikTok integration, but I just heard that if you haven't KYC'd for whichever subset of the possibly all immutable NFTs you must KYC in order to transfer out, uh, the contract uh, does not transfer. The transfer function is disabled, but it doesn't uh, revert. It just looks like it worked. So if you've built composably on top of their NFTs, you could say have a marketplace and you know swap the ETH or ETH or whatever for the NFT and Actually, the NFT didn't move. Hmm. Well, yeah, I'm not not too familiar with that, but it sounds interesting. Might have to investigate. Yeah, just double, double check if you do build on top of it. I was I wasn't planning on building on top <laughs> of it. I just think that they're they're uh, that like they've just they've made like a um, you know they've abstracted the difficulty of ZKs into like an API basically, and like obviously it comes with its downfalls, but like you know you got when you're going to onboard, you know, a bunch of, you know, normies from coming from Disney and whatnot, then it makes it easy. You know, that's what they want. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of divulged into just a chat about stuff, but that's good. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, we're at two hours. 
<laughs> Let's just formally end this call.